Joining us now in the KYMN studios, Northfield Schools Superintendent, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in again today. Good morning, Jeff. Welcome back. We missed you, and uh, Rich and Lisa did such a capable job last week, but I know we're all thrilled when... Jeff Johnson's back in the driver's seat. Just, just thrilled. I think Rich are. is the most thrilled, actually. <laughs> I am pretty sure Rich is the most thrilled. Boy, it's uh, we were talking right before we went on the air. Uh, this is the last day of February. It's uh, you know, We've got so many things going on, uh, especially sports. And Northfield's had a lot of success in sports. Uh, the athletic department in general and the student-athletes, uh, uh, the coaches and student-athletes in particular, have uh, just done a great job this year. We've had some just outstanding individual and team performances, and I think it just goes to the culture that the community has of hard work and achievement. And, you know, just, you know, we've got several things to highlight today. You know, I want to congratulate Ali Malika and Bella Presnell, who participated in the state gymnastics uh, meet last uh, weekend. So, congratulations to them. That's such a special event. Um, our boys' swim team, you know, they not only won the true team meet of the section a few, uh, about a month ago. They also won the section tournament over the weekend, and so congratulations to a number of individuals also going to state. Uh, we have three wrestlers, uh, Keith Harner, Ryan Kuyper, and Owen Murphy, who qualified for the state wrestling tournament that's coming up. And then uh, tomorrow night, uh, our Northfield Raiders boys hockey team take on New Prague in the section championship. That'll be down in Rochester. I'm guessing there might be something with uh, Northfield Live there, so yep. we appreciate, uh, again, we really appreciate that partnership that we have with KY Men and Northfield Live and Lance, um, you know, who is really helping make sure that people have access to that live stream. I know I took advantage of it, you know, several times last week when I couldn't be an athletic. In fact, I was having my car repaired, uh, a warranty repair on Saturday, and uh, it took several hours to get that done. And I was watching the the Raider uh, hockey live stream uh, while sitting in the uh, auto repair center. So <laughs> it really extends the opportunity for people and the great experience that our students get who are helping with the production of those programs. So great uh, winter season so far for uh, Raider athletics and uh, continuing on here with hopefully some more this week. Yeah, we've got a lot of things going on this week, and uh, including state championships uh, for the uh, you know the wrestlers and the uh, swimmers, and a lot of people involved in that special time for the kids. You know, last week, uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I missed it, but uh, I understand we had a few a uh, little bit of snow, <laughs> <laughs> and you, you had to not call school, but uh, there was no. On campus, you know, obviously the kids couldn't get to school with 20 mm -hmm. inches of snow. Uh, let, let's talk about the snow days, the, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the term, the learning, e-learning, yep. I guess. Sure, e-learning is the team, term we've used up until this point. Yep. Okay, let's go with the e-learning. Uh, tell us about that and where you're sitting at. Uh, how, do, do you budget a certain amount of days uh, within the calendar? How does that work? That's a great question. And so obviously this winter has been one that it's been, I'm not going to call it a gift. Whatever it is, it keeps on giving, right? It's the winter that keeps on giving with a variety of interesting. Uh, how, I, I'm trying to remember the last time we had a winter with two blizzard warnings. Just, mm -hmm. just think about that. So, um, you know, we're used to snow, but blizzard warnings are a, a serious thing. So we've had quite a winter, and we have had, unfortunately, uh, to call school a number of days uh, over the year. And so uh, we do have, by state statute and by our local plan, the state allows schools to do up to five what they call e-learning days in statute. So regardless of whether you have an additional online program approval, every school in the state can do five e-learning days. Uh, our local plan also says that generally 
uh, we will have up to five e-learning days each year. Then there's a second portion of how schools can deliver online learning uh, during weather-related issues, and actually anytime is through something that's called the uh, online program approval. So we have a fully authorized online program. We do call it Portage is, is the way that most people understand how that works in our district. Uh, we do use that approved online learning pr program to do some other things, and we are able to continue on with some online learning for the remainder of the school year should we need it. The board did approve last night to authorize uh, the superintendent to use online learning for the remainder of the year in cases where we just aren't able to safely transport students to school. So you're going to hear us just shift terminology because the state statute uses the term e-learning. We have additional authority beyond that because of online learning. And uh, for folks at home, it's going to be exactly the same. Uh, for example, if uh, on an e-learning day, if a family says, you know, we're just, we're not going to participate in e-learning today, a family can call their student in and you know, they are excused, and uh, if it will be the same thing, online learning is, an, is something we're allowed to offer to families but not able to require it. So we'll run it very similarly to how we did an e-learning day, expecting, you know, people to be there. And if they aren't, that's no problem. They can just let us know and they call their attendance line and say, my student's going to be an excused absence for the day. So I am hopeful that this is the kind of winter security blanket. If you have it in your vehicle, you don't need it. So we're hoping that uh, the board passing additional uh, online learning days in the case of inclement weather for the rest of the year is uh, something we have in our back pocket, but we don't need. Um, however, we do know there's some state tournaments coming up, and we have a history in Minnesota of snow and state tournaments. So cross your fingers and uh, do the anti-big uh, snow dance, right? <laughs> and we'll hopefully uh, get to spring here very quickly. You know, you think back, it was just a few years ago that uh, I think there was a... Um you'd kind of factored in about like 10 snow days and we have more than that a few years yep. ago it uh, all the way into may but now with the online learning the e-learning has that changed the thought pattern of when you're going to cancel schools is it better to be safe than sorry because hey the kids can learn at home has that had really any effect on it i would say that it has not had an effect on our decision making uh, we prefer to have students in school when we are able to, and we would like them there every day if we can. Uh, there are times where uh, we just can't do that, and we do have a backup plan where we didn't – we used to have a backup plan too. It means you'd come to school more in June. Let me tell you, that was real popular with a lot of people. <laughs> and so this ability to be able to try to make up in flight – no one's going to pretend that an, uh, an online learning day is the same as being in school. It's a bridge through a winter event. And so uh, trying to maintain curriculum momentum, giving families of elementary students some activities to complete, you know, while they're at home on what would be considered a snow day uh, does keep our curriculum moving forward. It's not perfect because we've had a substantial number of them this year. We are able to do really kind of a case review and a case study and strengthen the program for moving forward. But uh, it is not something where we take it necessarily into consideration when making a decision about whether to come to school or not. Uh, Superintendent Hillman is with us from the Northfield School District. Uh, let's talk about last night's uh, uh, meeting with the school board. We've talked a lot about the budget, and that process is ongoing. And you uh, you're looking at some uh, you know making some some tough decisions as far as that budget goes. Fortunate thing is you're seeing this in advance, and you can plan for it thoughtfully. But uh, what were some of, what were the things that were discussed last night with the uh, budget? So last night was really the um, the kickoff of 
the discussion about what will we prioritize uh, in our budget for next year. And if you'll remember, just going to go back a year, Jeff, if you remember, we had a very substantial community involvement in prioritizing certain aspects of our budget last year. We had over 70 people involved at some point uh, in that process, and they developed a set of priorities, and the initial round of budget reductions were made last year using those priorities, prioritizing the things that the community said we need to make sure we fund these things first. Uh, we continue to experience declining enrollment and the chronic state underfunding that I've talked about uh, many times. And so this year we are looking at about $2.5 million of additional uh, budget reductions. This is financial management in action. It is tough. There is nothing that is good about it. However, this is the responsible actions that school districts need to take to make sure that they can maintain their budget, not just for today, but for the future. And anytime we reduce budgets in schools, of course we are going to impact people. We are a people business. We hire people to do good things for kids, and you can't make substantial budget adjustments in any school without impacting people. So the board heard last night for the first time a list of recommended reductions for the 23-24 school year, again, based upon the feedback from those budget teams uh, last year. Uh, we did talk in detail. The, the The document is on our website. You can get it through the board packet or you can actually also see it in our most recent news story post that was a message that we sent to families last Thursday explaining the budget process and giving a link uh, to this document that includes the rationale and the why, and then what are the list of things uh, that are being recommended for reduction. Uh, the item last night that I think is fair to say had the largest amount of discussion, two things. Uh, one is uh, the pr proposal to eliminate most middle school act after-school activities. And so our concept is that looking at replacing those with a community education style intramural program, but just not the same kind of interscholastic competition that people would typically think of as a school sports program. There's also some non-athletic activities that are part of that, a part of the proposal. And those are programs that could typically be offered in a community education uh, facet. Uh, there was a lot of discussion by the board and uh, some real concern about that part of the proposal. So, of course, we as administrators make recommendations based on those priorities. These are tough choices, right? We're now at a point where several of the priorities do come into conflict, and this is where our elected representatives give us the direction as to which way to go. So if you are listening, um, I think I would be disheartened, seriously disheartened, if people weren't upset about a number of the things that are on the the list of potential reductions for next year. Everything that we have in the school district has value and means something to someone. Unfortunately, we are at a point uh, due to chronic state underfunding. We heard yesterday that the uh, state legislature is going to maintain about $17.5 billion in surplus, even when they factor in inflation, which is pretty remarkable. So we are really hoping that this is a year where we see another version of the Minnesota miracle. And I'm not talking about Stefan Diggs. I'm talking about Governor Wendell Anderson back in the early 1970s when Minnesota really changed the way that it funded schools and really set off uh, probably close to 40 years of really high success of Minnesota public education. That's the kind of um, thinking that we need right now. We have the ability to do some structural change, adding 5% to the basic formula in each year of the biennium, finally tying the formula to inflation, and eliminating the special education cross-subsidy. Those things are good starts. In addition, 
limiting um, new mandates. And if you do put a new mandate in, make sure that you fund it. So that's step one. And then the second part of our budget uh, issue is declining enrollment. And even when you see those increases at the state, when you when you have a system that funds the number of students that you have, you don't realize the entirety of what the state will give you if you have declining enrollment. So we have those two things that are affecting us. That's why we need to adjust the budget. And I would, again, be disheartened if people didn't have some strong opinions about some of the things uh, on the list of recommendations. The board really discussed in detail the middle school uh, activities part. And then we're also really doing a deep dive into how do we uh, how do we make some adjustments in our transportation system? Our transportation system is already incredibly efficient. And so there's very, there's, you just can't do a lot of cutting of routes without adding a substantial amount of time for students on the bus. So we are exploring, um, again, no decisions yet, but we've been exploring and haven't even made a proposal on this yet. But we've been looking at, there are some districts, it's not a ton of districts, but there are some districts that have been able to do some uh, strategic charging for transportation within a certain range. And so that's something that's being evaluated right now. We know there's a few districts in the metro area that have successfully implemented that. Not saying that we love to do that, but we're this is the kind of thing that we're exploring, uh, trying to leave all uh, things, um, no stone unturned, if you will, when it comes to these kinds of reductions. I encourage people uh, to watch the board meeting from last night where we presented the reductions, and you can also see the list on our school district website. The uh, budget for the the next school year is going to be uh, coming up. You'll have to have a final approval for it, but you'll buy, what, May, the end of May or so? June 30th is when we're required to, um, you know, the June 30th is when we are required to have that adopted. We plan to have our budget adopted in May. Okay. Yep. There, there is still several months uh, of working in progress, so you'll have uh, some time to find some solutions. But, you know, for the uh, listeners out there, can you give us kind of a time frame of, uh, you know, their opportunities to uh, respond to this, when they, the board will be taking some action on this, and uh, what the future looks like for the next few months? Absolutely. So the initial list of uh, budget proposals was, was shared with the board last night. Um, people can hear, make their feedback heard in a number of ways. They can certainly uh, email the board, and you can get our email address. It's board at northfieldschools.org, and you can certainly email the board or email me directly uh, with any feedback that you might have. There's also the opportunity for public comment at each board meeting. Again, we have about 30 minutes set aside for that. Speakers have three minutes apiece. Our next board meeting would be March 13th. We also have two public hearings set up, Jeff, and this is for March 16th and March 23rd. They'll be from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Northfield Middle School. There will be an opportunity to hear a presentation, to actually break into small groups with representatives of the board and representatives of the administration. So if you're not comfortable in speaking in front of a big group, you can talk in a smaller group about your feelings, and then you can come back to the auditorium for you know a more traditional um, public comment style opportunity. Uh, on April 10th, um, we are asking the board to authorize the budget reduction reduction package. May 8th, the board uh, hears the general fund presentation for 23-24, and then on May 22nd, the board would approve uh, the, the general fund budget for 23-24. Superintendent Hillman, once again with us. Um, what, anything else you'd like to discuss from last night's uh, school board meeting or anything coming up in the, within the uh, school district? I, I just think for our listeners... The time is now to make our voices heard uh, at the Capitol. Um, 
Our declining enrollment is another piece that we continue to work on. There's some things we can't control, lower birth rates. There are some things that I know that our community is working on in terms of expanding uh, housing for a variety of different incomes and for a variety of different kinds of stakeholders. Um, but what we can do right now is make our voices heard at the Capitol. And so we need to share with people that this is a seminal moment um, in terms of supporting public education, which is the foundation of our democracy. I mean, we, we just know that. It's one of the few places that all of us come together and learn about one another and learn about our democracy and our nation together. And so this is a moment where the state does have a surplus that they can help do some structural work specifically around the basic formula, tying it to inflation, eliminating the special education cross-subsidy. So if you're listening and you say, boy, I wish I could do something to help, even if you aren't saying, boy, I wish I could do something to help, please help us out. Uh, contact our representatives and, and ask them uh, to fully fund the special education cross-subsidy to increase the formula and to tie it to inflation. If you would like some talking points, feel free to email me and I'd be happy to share some with you. All right. Have you been up to the Capitol uh, the last week or so? Um, I have. I was quite a bit of time yep. up there. I was there uh, last week. Uh, in fact, uh, several three members of our board and I went to observe the House Education Finance Committee meeting uh, last week. We got to see Representative Purcell introduce a bill uh, specifically to extend long-term facilities maintenance revenue to cooperatives like the Cannon Valley Special Education Cooperative that we belong to so that they can also take care of their facilities. We had a chance to meet with Representative Purcell. Um, we actually had a chance to meet with our former Senator, Rich Drayheim, just by happenstance, and uh, we are uh, scheduled to have a meeting with uh, Senator Bill Liskey tomorrow. Um, I will be up at the Capitol. I'll be testifying on a bill in the Elections Committee that would allow local school boards to renew operating levies that had already been passed by the public in the past. And so that's one of our uh, Minnesota Association of School Administrators priorities this year. We know well over 90% of operating levies are renewed by voters. And so there's a cost to school districts. Of course, it would have to be on the ballot to say, if you pass this referendum in the future, the board could choose to renew it uh, without having to go back to the voters for approval. So uh, we'll be up there tomorrow, and we'll continue to work with the legislature as we move ahead. All right. We wish you the best, and thank you so much for coming in today. It's my pleasure, Jeff. Thanks. Welcome back. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hill.